Welcome into the Ball Bros Podcast. I'm Sandy. I'm Nick. I'm Jake. We're about to bring you a lot of sports and a little bit of nonsense, so stay tuned. Who loves fantasy football? Rip the queen. Welcome in, guys. Sandy, how you doing? I'm feeling great today. I think we talk about a little bit of college football from yesterday. It was a huge day. Had some upsets, but it's nothing out of the ordinary. Yeah, I love to recap a little bit of the college football landscape because it it does help you prepare for the future. Exactly. Oh, boy, yesterday was big. What was the biggest game for us yesterday? Oh, man. And and this was a tough morning because of it, but it was a good morning. I got to watch my cats go down to the swamp and beat the Florida Gators 26-16. to Everybody was counting Kentucky out of this one. I think one of the few outlets that had Kentucky winning was like Barstool. And right. I, that's Kirk, why Kirk I like them. You know, Herb Kirk Street Kirk. had them. Yeah. So they knew what they were talking about. It's clear Anthony Richardson was being put on a pedestal and he didn't deserve it yet. He looked really smooth uh, that first game of the season, but he doesn't have enough experience. And I think a defense like Kentucky that was spying on him the whole game, he had four rushing yards. Yeah, and he only had – he was 14 of 35 passing, uh, 143 yards, zero touchdowns, two picks. Exactly. And that was – you know, a lot of that actually came after they were playing prevent defense at the end too. So he was loading up on some of those completions late. He had 100 yards passing going into halfway through the fourth quarter. And that pick six that he threw in the – you know, in the third, right? You know, it, that one was just a blatant. Well, I don't know what you're doing there, if you're Anthony was, Richardson. They were trying to run a fade, uh, kind of like a hitch fade, and the wide receiver just went a little bit too wide. It looks like, and he didn't even. It was like both of his interceptions. He did not see the defender there. I mean, he just disregarded right completely on the one-handed pick. Oh my goodness, that one was highlighted mm-hmm. of his of this man's career by far. That was one of the best UK plays against Florida of all time. Absolutely. Another game I kind of wanted to keep an eye out for, you know, that we had seen was the Alabama-Texas. He probably – it was, you know, stamped on your television set yesterday. 20-19, to 19, Alabama. Very great game. And honestly, you know, it gave me some confidence for Texas. You know, if Quinn Ewers – excuse me, Ewers. Yeah. <laughs> if he did not get hurt in the first quarter, that could have been a different ball game. And they still almost won. Alabama was bragging, and then they barely beat a team with uh, a hobbled quarterback, a backup quarterback, you know – However you want to look at it, Alabama, until Bryce Young had that one run at the very end of the game to put him in field goal position, they did not look great. They looked sloppy. Yeah, and this – I don't know if you want to say Texas is back yet. Obviously not. But also, Alabama just doesn't seem like they have that same fire. And obviously, you know, they were talking about second game of the year. They have not hit their stride. So, you know, I don't ever want to hit the panic button on the Crimson Tide because you never do that. That's rule number one. You'd never bet against Saban. And another couple games I wanted to mention in here, because there were some storylines here. I think the biggest one would be Marshall pulling the upset over Notre Dame, number eight ranked Notre Dame. Right. And, you know, I've been saying it for a while. Notre Dame is not what they used to be, everyone. You know, they're, they get a lot of preseason hype, and I don't see why. They've lost their last three games. It's not a good look for them to lose a game at home against Marshall, twenty-six to twenty-one. You know, Marshall's not a bad program by any means. So you know, don't get me wrong. This is on that same level of like an Appalachian State, uh, Michigan yep. type of loss, which or even Appalachian State versus Texas A&M from yesterday. Yeah, I was about to say, speaking of which, the time of possession in that game was the real killer. Forty-one minutes for Appalachian State, eighteen minutes for Texas A&M. That was the difference in the game. Never schedule a game against Appalachian State people. Yeah, it's kind of insane that all these schools are making millions of dollars to go and get upsets yesterday. Yeah, and that one was one I definitely didn't see coming. You know, A&M, 
look stagnant. You know, you lose a yeah. game 17 to 14. I thought King looked terrible. Their quarterback had 97 passing yards yesterday. Yeah, it's he, he it looked like rough. the game was moving way too fast for him. They never got a rhythm going on offense. You know that there was a few plays, especially there at the end of the game where they were trying to run some option plays. He was holding on mm-hmm. to the ball too long. The running back, he wouldn't even he wouldn't give it to the back and the back is the best player on the team. You yeah. know, he's the you know, they have a couple of other, like Texas A&M has more money from NIL than any other school, right? $200 million deals. Apparently not enough to beat Appalachian State. Exactly. They have that number one wide receiver. Did you see him yesterday, Ooh. Edwards? He looked phenomenal. But, yep. you know, Jimbo one Fisher. Guy. Exactly. Jimbo Fisher is not the guy to get it done. Nope. Another game kind of with the note was uh, the Tennessee-Pittsburgh. You know, Tennessee goes in there. Mm-hmm. They do win overtime 34-27. to uh, 27. It was a really exciting game, and I think that set the landscape pretty well. I mean, Tennessee is a really good team, and so is Pittsburgh. So, you know, that game was a big one early on for the season, and, you know, the Volunteers just they pulled through. It was a very even game, and when you really come down and look at it, they pretty much had very similar yards. They had one yard different, 416 versus 415. It was a good college football day. Yep. Really the only other game that I truly wanted to mention was probably the upset Washington State over Wisconsin. They win 17-14, to ironically, Mm -hmm. the same final score as the Appalachian State A&M game. Beautiful. So, you know, there were some upsets yesterday for sure. I think, you know, some teams won some, you know, easy games. And then, like I said, the biggest matchups are the day were that Alabama-Texas, Florida-Kentucky, and, you know, Tennessee-Pittsburgh. I think those were the main matchups, and we we had great showings from all three of those. I agree. Now, let's – you want to start talking about NFL Week 1? I would love to. We're excited. We got a little sample uh, sample taste on a Thursday night, but now we're about to get the full slate, and boy, I couldn't be ready. Exactly. We're going to go ahead and start off with George Kittle dealing with a groin injury. He is not likely to play today, so go ahead and find a pivot tight end. It's tough because now do you have to drop George Kittle? It's, uh, you know, hopefully not. Hopefully you have somebody else on your bench that you can drop. But, I mean, this is just a horrible way to start the year for Kittle. Yeah, and I know I'm – Speaking from experience here, you know, I was a little nervous what I had to do at tight end this week. You know, I was lucky, you know, we have a 10, 10 man league. So there was a few options on the market that I had, you know, the, you know, the choice that you could pick up this morning. Who'd you pick up? So originally I was thinking about doing Irv Smith and I went away from that. I took a look this morning and we were, you know, you and I were talking about it and right. you, you gave me the recommendation for Hunter Henry. Mm-hmm. He was out there and I said, okay, yeah, let me go ahead and pick him up. I think right. we talked about it the other day. He could be a guy that's a recipient of a touchdown today. Exactly. He'd get two for eight yards and a score and it's going to be okay. That's all I need from him. You know, George Kittle would be the better option if he was playing obviously, but of course for a situation like this that, you don't want to even take the risk, you know, especially like you said, where he's pretty yeah, much out. He's it's not official, but I would not bet on him playing. It's just one of those things you never take that risk on. And when you're trying to win a, a redraft league, especially, you know, you're not going to be as deep at that tight end, you know, position. Mm-hmm. So you do have to take a chance, you know, just assuming he's not going to play. It's a good decision to make, and especially if you have some guys out there that can fill that role for at least one week, you got to go ahead and do it. Yeah, another guy who is definitely out, J.K. Dobbins. He's official. Yeah, we kind of alluded to this on a previous episode as well. You know, we didn't feel too confident in him. And, no, and, and I don't like him coming off the ACL. And you got Mike Davis, Kenyon Drake there picking up the slack, and I'm not confident in either of them either. Nope. Baltimore, I don't know. They didn't have any type of improvement at running back this year. It's really weird. They're betting on their guys who got horrible ACL injuries to come back at full strength. So if you have those guys – you know, if you have Mike Davis, maybe go ahead and play him, but 
somebody else to pivot to, maybe someone like a J.D. McKissick, Amir Abdullah. If you're looking for these, you know, wide receiver or running backs who could catch some passes, give you some passing upside to this week, you know, maybe catch a touchdown as well. Yeah, I do like the J.D. McKissick take because he is available in a lot of leagues I see, you know, especially like your 10, even 12-man leagues, he could be out there. Um, but if you do have him, yeah, I agree. J.D. McKissick would be a guy I'd like to start, um, especially if you're stuck in a position where you have J.K. Dobbins as well, you know, for that exact reason. I just don't – I don't see a lot of options out there that would really fill that role. And you know, Again, we don't even know what J.K. Dobbins is going to do when he's back. Yeah, he's not going to be great. And uh, now let's move on to Alan Lazard. He's going to be out. Zach Ertz, he's going to be in. Chris Godwin, looks like he's going to play tonight against the Cowboys. Out of Ooh, all those boy. guys, I'm. hey, look, when it comes down to it, Chris Godwin is the most interesting, and I would not be wanting to play him. I'm not hoping on a guy at who's playing Sunday night football. I got to plug into my lineup because who are you going to pick right. up at that time? He's He's the most interesting, like you said. You know, he's definitely a guy that, you want to take the risk and start him. Not this week. Please, not this week. You want to. It's, it's just it's a want to. But you have to go with, you know, what we're telling you guys right now. And don't don't touch him. Don't start him this week. Let him come back. Please. Drake London, another one of those guys. He is expected to play. But be weary. You know, he could get a big play, get injured early in the game. And, you know, you're kind of going to be left holding the bag week one here. So when it comes to some of these guys who are going in questionable, ah. Uh, that's yeah. tough. Now, Zach Ertz, if he's able to play, would you play him uh, in spot of somebody like George Kittle? Maybe would, you have a team like that? I would say so, yes, because Zach Ertz isn't a young tight end that they're trying to preserve. If he's okay to go, they're, they're going to use, use him. him. They're going to need it. Being that that Arizona offense is going to be pretty prolific, even with a few guys out right now, right? he's going to be the recipient of a good target share there, enough to make him, even if he's not full strength, enough to make him worthy of a starter in, in fantasy. That's right. Now you want to get into some this or that? Oh, man, I would love to. What Do you have any uh, off the top of your head? I got one for you if you don't. Uh, yeah, go for it. Brandon Cooks or Christian Kirk? Christian Kirk. Really? I'm going to go Cooks this week. I like the matchup that the uh, Jags got. You know, it's not a big one. We're, we're Washington. looking at Washington. Exactly. And it's one of those, I think Christian Kirk's going to come out and make a big statement. And he'll he'll have a very sizable fantasy day. He'll make himself worth what they're paying him. You know, just mm-hmm. for a week one basis, yeah, that's that's who I would take. I like Cook solely because they're going to be in a game against the Colts, and I think the Colts are going to put up more points than the Commanders, which is going to force the Texans to throw it more. So that's my only reasoning going with Cooks there. Um, I got one for you. It, say in the in a weird world you actually got both of these guys, who today would you be starting, Damian Harris or Ramondre Stevenson? I would start Ramondre. I like Ramondre a lot more in terms of how they've been talking about him this offseason. How they're going to use him in the passing game is something I'm super interested in. And I bounced back and forth on this one because I have Ramondre and I've been I've been kind of building him up on my own roster and I've really wanted to start him. I also got a Rashad Penny on my squad that I could start. I just don't see them this week being ready for okay. that spotlight. So for me, you know, it is tough, but I like your take on Ramondre. I really wanted to start him if I had to. I would start Ramondre if I, you know, I'm starting a couple other guys in Dynasty above him, but this is a guy to look out for how much he gets used this week. Exactly. Now, here's a good one. Michael Carter or Elijah Mitchell? I'm going Elijah Mitchell here because it all yeah. depends on the amount of carries, which that's the thing. With the Jets, 
I can see Michael Carter getting over 13 carries. I think we'll get 13 carries and a few targets. And Brees Hall will still be used too. I believe that'll happen. But like I said, right now for week one, I want to see what Lajel Mitchell does. I think he has the higher upside for week one. Mm -hmm. And they're both about the same. They're both kind of wild cards. They have weird situations where they do have, you know, back, you know, guys on the back end that can step up. But I think Elijah Mitchell's role right now is a little bit more clear cut. Yeah, and they're playing the Bears. So hopefully against the Bears, it'll be one of those, you know, they have to ground the ball out and run run the ball for a whole quarter, just close out the game. And hopefully Mitchell can get a couple of big runs out of that. All right, this was a battle of the old heads. Devontae Parker or Jarvis Landry? Ooh, that's tough. I'm probably going to go with uh, Jarvis Landry in that case. I feel like he has a higher floor than Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker could easily go zero for zero, or he can go four for 90. Yeah, and I, what I like about Jarvis Landry in here is the fact we don't know if Michael Thomas will really be effective just yet, and especially if Chris Olave isn't yet ready for that role. Right. Jarvis Landry will be one of the other veterans that could very well see a good amount of targets week one. And I agree, you know, Devontae Parker, I like this year in New England. I think that that was a good move that he, you know, for them to acquire him. He's got a lot of talent in him. I'm not excited for Parker this year. I'm not as excited as I am for Jarvis Landry for being like an older veteran that's mm -hmm. on a new team. You know, I think Jarvis Landry's got the better opportunities back in the bayou. You know, he's he could be a little bit safer. He could be, you know, getting four or five receptions a game for about 50 yards and be mm. pretty, pretty much a weekly flex, you know, not much upside. Yeah, I agree. Um, let me see. What, what about Kadarius Tony or Damian Pierce in the flex? Two guys that you don't know what you're going to get. They're both complete wild cards. Here's the thing. Rookie wide receivers, it'll be week one when we'll be – We'll be shaking our you know, heads, excuse me, <laughs> mm -hmm. and we'll be wishing that we had started him. However, Damian Pierce is the, is the guy we've already known. He's going to be the you know, RB1 there. He's going to get the touches. We know that is going to be true. Right. They're playing the Colts. Do you think he's going to get more than 51 yards rushing? I'm going to bet the under this week on Damian Pierce. I would say the under is a good choice, but either way, both those guys, unfortunately, are not really going to jump off the page week one. I do like Pierce just a little bit more, um, especially at a flex. If you don't have to start him in an RB2 situation, a flex would be at best. Right, and when it comes to Kadarius Tony, you don't know if he's even going to get any snaps with this new coaching staff. They may not even like him that much. What about Pierce versus Pollard? Oh, man. That's tough. Even right? in that, I think I would take Pierce week one because I want to see what the look. You know, we kind of have a little bit of a sample of Zeke and Pollard. Mm -hmm. How big of a difference will this year versus last year be? When it comes to Tony Pollard, last year he was the running back 28. Do you think, I think Damian Pierce can at least hit that mark this year, and he's going to have a good start week one. Right. I mean, so this just for this week, I think, you know, Pollard – We'll have to get his opportunity before I feel comfortable starting him. Mm -hmm. But right now, yeah, I would still probably take Pierce. Who do you like more, Amon Ross St. Brown or DJ Moore? This week, I like Amon Ross St. Brown. Ooh, really? I think we talked about it. That game should be a little bit higher scoring. I like DJ Moore this week. I like DJ Moore in the long run, but just where I know that's going to be a tough defense. You know, Cleveland didn't lose a ton on defense. So, you mm -hmm. know, the Panthers still got to come out and play. I think when it comes to DJ Moore, I might get like 70 yards in this game, and it's going to be tough for me to see Amon Ross St. Brown getting that with more receptions. So it's going to be pretty close, but 
DJ Moore if, against Cleveland, Baker Mayfield revenge game. He's going to need to throw a touchdown to someone. And yeah. It's either going to be him or CMC. I just like the upside of the high-scoring aspect that the Eagles-Lions will have that mm-hmm. – I think Amon Ra will be one of the main guys. You know, he'll have, I think, that Gabe Davis effect where yeah. he'll make a big impact early on that'll make us say, well, here, he's going to continue right where he left off. Yeah, um, in my opinion, definitely start all your Lions this week for sure. I'm just a little bit scared of Amon Ra early in the season. And I would I would almost bet on a DJ Chark prop bet touchdown this week because mm. DJ Chark will be healthy. This will be one of his better games of the year because he – inevitably with his smaller frame is not he's going to wear down a little bit over the season we saw that happen his great year in jacksonville but for this week if you need to start somebody as a flyer wide receiver because god you don't trust godwin look at somebody like dj chark because what if he catches two touchdowns yeah he'll be a random guy i can i can honestly see that happening yeah i got one for you juju smith schuster or shad bateman i would start juju Hmm. i definitely i'm definitely going juju because we've seen it before and he has a better uh, passing upside in the offense because they're going to throw the ball more. I was going to say that that shouldn't be a hard decision. You know, we have no idea what Rashad Bateman's truly going to do. And while we do like what his opportunities, that's that's the only difference. We know ba- Bateman should be one of the focal points of that passing offense. And Juju very well should be. I think it's just a mystery of what this Kansas City offense, who's going to be the one that emerges as that, you know, wide receiver two in a sense I guess behind Kelsey what about Juju and Brandon Ayuk who would you start you know I almost went with that this or that and, and that yeah. one I'm still gonna go Juju okay. but I like the upside of Ayuk a little bit more than I like the upside of Bateman I just was going off of maybe more close to the projections you know Bateman mm-hmm. was right around the same as Juju Bateman um, you know is on that level but you know Ayuk I think is a better comparison yeah I, I like Ayuk this week especially you know because Debo is gonna have some touchdown regression he had eight touchdowns on the ground last year. There's no way he does that again. Yeah. But let's look at Amari Cooper, Darnell Mooney. Who Ooh. would you? Who do you think has a better week between those two? Both you know, teams, number one wide receiver. One plays San Francisco. The other one plays Carolina. Much like your take on DJ Moore, mm-hmm. Brissett's got to throw the ball to somebody. Exactly. Amari Cooper will be the guy. He won't be pretty. <laughs> but mm-hmm. neither of those options you gave you were going to be pretty. No. These, so, are two, these are two guys that somebody's st- going to have to start maybe in both their flexes. Uh, you know, maybe you have to make the decision about one or the other. And I would go Amari Cooper over Darnell Mooney this I week. I agree. And I love yep. Mooney. Mooney's uh, got to get the ball. And if, if Justin Fields is being you know chased around the backfield all day, he can't throw the ball all the time. Exactly. That's the biggest difference for me is, you know, Cleveland's offensive line should still be, you know, good enough that allow Brissett to be able to look better than maybe he really is. And again, you know, he's going to have to throw the ball somewhere. And if you got mm-hmm. Amari Cooper and that's about it, you've got Njoku and you do have the, you know, the running back game. I think Cooper does, he does salvage well. a solid, you know, I'd say a six, seven catch game. I love Njoku um, this week too, since you mentioned it. Yeah. I love Njoku that. should be another, you know, guy to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. He's athletic um, and they paid him money. Yep. I mean, the Cleveland offense, let's not count him out yet. You know, we don't have Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. so... Brissett can do a serviceable enough job to get the ball down the field, so it's definitely going to be, like, for the Browns, a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb kind of game Yep. until uh, until Watson comes back. But I think Cooper has upside every week to be just, you know, the only target on the team and get 12, 12 targets, literally. Yep. All right, here's the one. Brees Hall, Cordell Patterson. I think week one... It's just a rookie effect. Brees Hall, because yeah. of the fact we mentioned Michael Carter should still be the uh, RB1 there. Cordero Patterson will get his numbers week one. It's just it's mm-hmm. the fact that he's a veteran. 
He's been in that offense for a little while now. And overall, you know, it's a it's an early matchup that we can feel confident in knowing that he'll probably be involved in fairly sizable, maybe a little bit more than Brees Hall will be, in, you know, involved in his offense. Right. Against the Saints in both games last year, he had 18 points and then two points. The week that he had 18 points, he went six for 126. Mm. Cordell Patterson did. as a, And that's in the receiving game. He did yeah. nothing on the ground. So starting off the year against New Orleans, I think that he's going to be a PPR machine this week. Yep. I would definitely look at a, him as a flex starter. I would feel confident in starting him. Would you start him over Mooney or Cooper? Ooh, that's where it gets tough. Because honestly, he, for PPR, even if he doesn't have a touchdown – yeah, he that's, might get six extra points there. That's what we're banking on Cooper and Mooney to do, is we're banking on a touchdown to boost them up. I think if you take away, they all none of them get touchdowns, and it's all versed just off there's, you know, here and there involvement, I would take Cordero. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, who do you think has a better week here, Saquon or Barkley? Or, I mean, Saquon or Barkley, <laughs> CMC or Barkley. Sorry. Oh, man. I This is where I'd say CMC. It's the week one. It's yeah. the week one of a fresh CMC against Cleveland, Barkley against Tennessee, who is number two against running backs last year. Mm. I still like CMC. It's just the fact right. you got to love this man. You know he's going to come out wanting to prove everyone wrong. Exactly. And that's what he does. He'll get you a casual 26 points. Do you think that he goes over under 60 yards on both receiving and rushing this week. I say over total yards. I say over passing or excuse me, receiving yards under rushing. Oh, okay. They, do you think they'll have to be playing catch up to the Browns a little bit here? I think that he's I, an effective enough guy on the ground. He could get a hundred yards on the ground. I think it's just one of those games. It's going to be really methodical. It's going to be a very kind of mm-hmm. slow game. It's probably going to be sloppy. And yeah. So, I mean, and the fact that, like I said, you know, we're not. I don't want to count out Cleveland's defense just yet. You know, they'll look pretty solid. They still have Miles Garrett, you know, the the defensive player of the year. I'm starting up I'm year, starting apparently. Cleveland's defense this week. Let me go close the door. Pablo's trying to trying to give us an echo. So when it comes to that game, I mean, really, let's look for somebody like David Njoku and the Cleveland defense to go off because I have both of them starting this week. I think sadly enough, it'll be as close of a game to give Carolina the edge. Mm-hmm. Unless that Cleveland defense just dominates, then I don't see Carolina losing today. All right, here's a weird question for you. Who has more rushing yards today? Raheem Moster and Melvin Gordon combined? Or Lamar Jackson? Ooh, man. I'm going Lamar Jackson. I, I agree because, like we were just talking about, he without J.K. Dobbins, without any real true candidate at the running back position, you might as well mm-hmm. go with your true RB1 there. And Lamar Jackson, and I, I very much see that. I say Lamar has a really good game on the ground just because he has to. Yeah, and you're playing against that that trio tonight or today, except yeah. Melvin Gordon plays tomorrow. Yeah, I, I just don't see Melvin Gordon. He's and, not gonna, it's not going to be his week. No, and, and who was the other one you said? Raheem Mostert. Yeah, Raheem Mostert. They're all backups to their main counterparts, and mm-hmm. – I know. There's no way they combined for over Lamar you're, Jackson. You're starting Chase Edmonds against Raheem Mostert. How confident are you? Very confident. I hope so. Okay, and let's look at another let's look at some other matchups in your for you this week. You have Chase and AJ Brown versus Jefferson and Debo Samuel. Which side do you take? And don't try to try not to be biased. I mean, I'd want to be biased because we've really been talking a lot of negativity about Debo. 
it is fortunate for him that they're going up against Chicago. Right. So that does help, and I think he'll look a little bit better than maybe he will. You know, he'll he'll end the talks of regression. I think today. Exactly. But that's about as even a, a matchup as possible, yeah. right there. You already have the one and two with Chase and Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And then probably number eleven and twelve. And yeah. You have four top twelve receivers right here. I'm gonna go with the Chase and AJ Brown side of that deal today. I'm excited to see what AJ Brown does. I think the upside for him is a little bit higher than what we're hoping. I don't that think Debo or not not what we're hoping I guess but what we're expecting Debo. Yeah, um, AJ Brown is going to like we we both have agreed that that we think that could be the highest scoring game of the week, but yeah. I don't think that the 49ers in Chicago will be. Mm-mm. So in terms of just upside, the I mean Jefferson against Green Bay, that's going to be one of those games that you know Jefferson is going to be great, but I don't know if he's going to be the top receiver on the week. Yeah, I mean with Chase is two games against Pittsburgh last year, he had 22 and a half. Um, week three and then he had 6.9 week 13 so yeah. you don't know what you're 13, gonna get there week either. 12 but yeah i mean very questionable there but that is you know the you know byproduct of jamar chase is you're gonna get a potential 55 point game but you also gotta love him through the four point games who has more yards today chase or jefferson jefferson oh really i'll go jefferson too in yards the only thing that chase chase has above jefferson is i feel like he's a little bit more physical in terms of getting into the end zone how many t- he had more touchdowns last year than uh, Justin Jefferson has in his career so far in a season? Yeah, thirteen touchdowns for Jamar Chase last year alone. Yeah, and Jefferson well, had nine. He has seventeen total. Jefferson does, but yeah. Jefferson had ten last year. Okay, so very close. I see Justin Jefferson just with everything we've heard. He'll shoot up. Do you think he gets into that fifteen touchdown range this year? I'd say 14, 15 would be very doable for him, especially for how much they're wanting to use him. How could, bare minimum, I'm going to give him 12 because I think there's a couple of missed opportunities that he had last year. I don't know if this, where the ceiling is going to go up for Justin Jefferson unless they just decide to pass the ball more, which I hope they do. But, you know, it's one of those offenses. We'll see. This is the time to see what the Vikings look like because what if they do look like the Rams of last year? Ooh, then that then we're talking about Super Bowl champions if we're talking exactly. that. So exactly, and we all I think I'm on that Vikings hype train as it is anyway. I love the you Vikings. Know. I this is the first time like you know I'm a Steelers fan at heart, Patriots but, Nation baby. So both of us to be say you know come out here we would love it if the Vikings won. I would love to see a Vikings and Chargers Super Bowl more than any other Super Bowl. That's my Vikings Bills, one. Vikings Chargers. All mm-hmm. those would be awesome because they're high scoring. They're, of course, they get to that level, and all of a sudden, no team knows how to be a high scoring team anymore because that's when the defense that's, steps up. Yeah, that's the end of the year. That's when everything matters most. Imagine an AFC Championship game with Herbert and Allen. It would be awesome in Buffalo. Absolutely awesome. And if that's in Buffalo, then I would say Josh Allen's going to have the better game there. Justin Herbert yep. out in California is not going to go in the Buffalo and outplay the Bills Mafia. So let's do something fun here. How do you feel about doing a little? Who's going to finish at the top of their position? Okay. For the top four positions this week, we'll just do this real quick. Quarterback. Who do you think is going to be? Is it still going to stay Josh Allen or somebody else coming up there? Josh Allen did set the bar pretty high. Um, you know it. Shoot, that's tough, man. You know, I'd say just based off the fact that Josh Allen did go for over 30, he puts himself in a really good position. You do have some good matchups. You know, we've talked about that whole interdivision with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert going against, you know, their division rivals. Right. So both of them should be able to contest that, you know, type of numbers. 
Those are the top three for sure. What about Jalen Hurts? I think he could do it. Jalen Hurts was the other guy. I think he's going to come very close. I don't think mm-hmm. he does it this week, but I say he comes the closest out of any of those guys. What if he does three through the air and two on the ground and gets 50 points? That'll be what a, what a I'll start. I'll lose my mind. Exactly. A.J. Brown goes for 35. Ooh, that's just a, that's just a dream about the Eagles-Lions today. The Eagles are going to be loving their team today. Yeah. I think they're going to love him too much. It'll be a good day for Philly. What about running back? Who do you have as finishing number one for the week? I have Alvin Kamara finishing RB1 this week. I like that a lot. Against Atlanta, I think we're both on the same page there. My second pick for that would be Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. It, McCaffrey, the only de- the only reason I wouldn't take him is just strictly because we just had to see this man play a full game. Exactly. And we know that Kamara is always a beast against Atlanta. Division rival, first game of the season. This is one of those... I'm smelling four touchdowns, and I hate it because I don't own Alvin Kamara. In it. Oh, I have him in one league. I have him in one league that we're in. Jake could be punched in the air if it happens to him. Oh Goins got him, and he's already been seeing Cooper Cup absolutely go off. So. Yeah, Goins' team had Cup Ooh. get how many points? 30, 31? <laughs> yep. So it, it, it'll be fun. I do see McCaffrey potentially being the number one, but, yeah, Alvin Kamara is my, is my realistic pick there. All right, now let's move on to wide receiver. Who we think could be the wide receiver of the week, the top option. I'm going to start with somebody like a Michael Pittman against Houston. That could end up being a little bit more of a touchdown-dependent game than what Cooper Cup did because Cup got so many targets, but Cup is still you know, a strong candidate to finish number one. Cup, I mean, Diggs had a great game. Let's not you know gloss over that. The fact that exactly. even with that great of a game from Diggs, we still saw Cup outperform him. Yeah, and 26 is nothing to, nothing to shrug about. Yeah, I mean, if we're talking about anyone that could outplay what Cup did, I would probably go on even the likes. You know, I like what you say with Pittman. Mm-hmm. I think the only other guy that truly would do that this week would be a Jamar Chase. But Mike Evans. It's Dallas. Mike Evans is another one where I'm like, I just want to see what they look like, you know? Right. We know the Buccaneers are going to be looking for Mike Evans. How much are they going to look at him this week? Yeah, what does Botox Brady look like? Ooh. Let's go to tight end. I'm going to go Dallas Goddard because we're just in love with the Eagles today. I like Dallas Goddard too. However, I think for this week, Travis Kelsey is going to be tight end one. Yeah, against against Arizona, who was terrible against tight ends last year. Yep. There's just – there's no taking away what Kelsey's going to do for that offense, especially early on when Patty Mahomes is trying to fill it, you know, feel out his squad. Travis Kelsey will be the forefront of that, you know, target share. Let's go over under six catches, 77 yards for Kelsey. I'm going to go over, 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 over. Yeah. What about Goddard? Let's do four for 51. I also go over, over. and over. I go yep. six for 70 probably. In I, this that's game. and a touchdown. Exactly, because like we're saying, bro, like we're saying, when it comes to this Detroit Lions game, uh, Detroit Lions versus Eagles game, it's going to be high scoring. I'd put I'd put some good money on that. I would too. Other than that, though, I think that's all I got today for you. How about you? That's all I got. Go Cats, baby. Fuck Florida. And let's just have a great day. It's week one NFL, baby. Let's turn on Red Zone. Let's turn on your favorite game, and let's enjoy some football. Seven hours of commercial-free football. Thanks for listening today. Check us out on our socials at The Ball Bros Podcast. Let's ride.